0: Well, I can't wait to meet our host. I hear this is only one of his beat parties. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. me. Hey there, friends and neighbors. Welcome back to Too True to Lie with Harry Day. We're going to make this episode roll all the way back to 1987, the fall of 1987. I was a freshman at Mississippi State University. I had pledged the Phi Kappa Tau fraternity, which was an off-campus fraternity downtown Starkville, and we had a three-story house that was very old. Um. I don't know if it was built in the 19-teens or 20s. Uh, The fraternity moved into it in 1960. And we were there until 19... Let's see, I was... I pledged there, got initiated there. That's the first year. Then we were there the second year, so that would be 88-89. And then the house was condemned and so we had to abandon it and find another place and we went through several houses before building on the row on campus and then uh, not being able to fill it after i had graduated and uh fraternity went under um this past decade we brought it back a lot of alumni got together and brought it back this isn't about the fraternity um it It it's about an event, almost like a sporting event, that catalyzed at the fraternity house, which was on Jackson Street, three properties up from the railroad that ran through Startville. The railroad line um, had been pulled up farther out to the west, as a lot of railroad lines have been. They've been pulled up. But it ran all the way to Ackerman at the west end. Coming back east, you got Sturgis. And then you have a little bit of a town called Longview. And then you have Startville, which was the biggest town this line ran through. And then going further east, you went through a long stretch of countryside and you hit West Point. And at West Point, it tied into a north-south line that ran north all the way to Tupelo and ran south um, across Tibby Creek Bridge once you get south of West Point, which is a place that we frequented a lot. And it ran south from there to Artesia, which was a a tie-in rail line that kept going south all the way south through Mississippi or you could go east again to Columbus, Mississippi on the other side of the 10 Tom or the Tom Bigby River. Now I'll lay all this out and you're saying what sport is that um, you probably won't find this sport on television or radio Um, It was actually a lifestyle and a way of life hearkening as far back as trains have existed. And in the fashion that we rode these trains, it goes back to the Depression and pre-Depression when people would just jump freight trains to get rides into town or back home or from town to town. When I joined the fraternity, we had some older members that had been there a while, and one of them was infatuated with trains, still is. He was six years older than me. We call him Dog. He's still six years older than me. He's from Prairie, Mississippi. That's why they call him Dog, Prairie Dog. He's not a dog. If he was, he's a good dog. He... Had been hopping trains. I don't know how long he'd been hopping trains at the time. I met him in 1987. But he talked several of uh, us pledges. Me. Another guy named Todd. uh, James. Pup. There was a few others. But me, Todd, and Dog were, were, were the main three that would jump these freight trains, you know, down the hill from from the fraternity house. Our house was kind of known as the Animal House, and I, I'm not trying to brag, I'm not trying to, to build up something that it's not. It was well known in town and on campus that our fraternity was one of the wilder, Fraternities without being assholes. You know, you had fraternities on campus that were wild and did crazy stuff, but it was just mean, brutal stuff. We just had fun. We had the most fun, and everybody knew it. Well, in the back of our house by the kitchen, we used to have a black cook named Lena, and before her, Josephine, I believe, or maybe it was the other way around and they they cook our meals in the evening we'd eat at five o'clock p.m. and that's about the time that the train would come through Startville. I believe it was headed to West Point usually sometimes in the afternoon though it was that you know the trains never were exactly on time these are freight trains not passenger trains and We'd hear the train coming through town because you can hear them blow the whistle. You know, the two longs, the one short, and the one long blast of the horn, the air horn. And when we heard it, we would go to the kitchen and see what Miss Lena had that we could wrap up in foil or put in a bag for food. And then we'd go to our Coke machine right there by the uh, guest bathroom at the back of the house by the stairs to go into the backyard. We had an old school Coke machine that had uh cokes and sprites in and Diet cokes in four of the of the slots and then in two of the slots we had beer we had bush light we had bush beer or maybe it was bush light it, when i first got there it was bush i think it was bush light but i'm not absolute it might not have been light beer other than miller light or bud light but we had bush Beer in cans in the Coke machine, and it was fifty cents whether you wanted a Coke or a beer. And we'd we'd you know jam in our quarters and get as many beers as we could put in our pockets. And uh, whoever wanted to jump the train, there's usually at least three of us. Uh, the main three would be me, Todd, and Dog. And this is not Todd McGee. I don't know if he ever jumped a freight train. Todd Leonard, in, out of Memphis now. He was from Jackson. He lives in Memphis never see him never talk to him um i do keep up with dog anyway we'd get some food we'd get our beers uh one time i took a a bottle of jim beam onto onto a train but we'd hear the train coming and we'd go out the back door to lafayette street which on the back side of the house and then we'd go up the two properties to where the line cut across that road And as the train rolled through, going either west or east, we'd wait for the engine to get, you know, good on ahead, out of sight. And then we'd find um, the cars that usually held grain on the interior of the car because they had walkways across the top, all metal grid walkways across the top with little uh, outcroppings between the cars where you could just get on top and run and jump between car to car. And we would get on the train on the ladder, get in, get in between where the couple was, and then climb up on top. And we'd just sit and hang out and just watch the countryside. We would lay low as we went through town so people wouldn't see us. Because uh, as I had told in my jails, my jail visit stories, I'd been arrested for stealing a ride on a train. Because we were horsing around in the daylight and not hiding or, or being low-key. And they stopped the train, and then we got caught by the deputies. So, that was later in our train riding career, like three years into it. I, we, who knows how many train rides I'd ridden. Not as many as dog, but I, you know, I, I'd i once stopped 50, maybe 50 freight train rides. Um, There are a few that really stand out. And one of them was, was just magical, and it was it was my first year at mississippi state i heard the train coming and it was headed <clears throat> let's see which way was it headed. it was headed east to west point and that's about 12 18 miles somewhere in there with nothing in between but countryside this was in the fall because i remember all the trees were full of color and it wasn't cold but it wasn't hot I remember I was wearing cowboy boots. I wore snakeskin cowboy boots that I wore the snakeskin off and I wore the soles off. Because that's just I was just such an active hyper young man. And uh we heard the horns. We got I think we got we didn't get any food. It was a little bit later than five. We'd already eaten maybe. Or maybe it was before Dinner was served, but we hit the beer machine, and we got our beers, and we ran down and got on the train right in the middle, somewhere in the middle of a pretty long freight train, climbed up on top, and we just laid down as we went past the street crossings where all the cars waited for the train to pass and Once you went under uh University Drive, you were home free for fifteen miles of just countryside. You hardly saw houses until you hit West Point. And this is late in the afternoon. And so we're riding and drinking our beers. And I'm sure we crushed them after we finished them and just threw them off on the track. And and we just sat up on top. And occasionally, you would get these cars called hoppers, which were as tall as all these other bin cars that were enclosed, except the top, it was an open top car. And they were filled with uh, wood chips, usually pine wood chips filled all the way to the top and we would we would jump into those and then you could like hollow out a little comfortable seat with the back in the wood chips and hang out and so the three of us would sit there and like form a little triangle where we could like be back to back and look out and around or sit there and look at each other if we had a bottle of whiskey or something we didn't have whiskey this time i don't believe in fact i know we didn't because slowly this train makes its way. And these hoppers, if you're in a hopper, they just rock left and right because they're so tall and they're, when they're filled, they're heavy and top heavy. And these tracks aren't pristine tracks. They're, they're warped a little bit. You know, the ties, some ties are better than others. So it's a, it's a loud noise of the train wheels, the steel wheels on the steel rails, clack, 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 you know, going, you had to almost yell to hear each other as we're going what's our time how long have i gotten into this only 12 minutes on story one and it was we 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 akin it to like riding a buck and bronc when you're in the in the hopper car as it would just sway for feet you i mean you could see it sway a few feet left and then center, and then a few feet right in in the bad track areas, and there were times where we just felt like it was going to go over, but one never did. uh We never heard of one going over they were they were i guess the steel wheels on the bottom, you know you had the four on one front of the car and four on the back of the car had to have been so heavy that the that the box that held the wood chips wasn't as heavy as what was on the ground, plus they're all coupled together slowly hooting on down to uh West Point. When we get to West Point, we lay low as we go over Highway 45. And we we start to pull through their rail yard, and so we get off on the back side of the train in the rail yard, and the train goes on to wherever it's going. And so now we're in West Point without a ride. Now we've done this before, and what we would do is we go to a payphone when there were such things as payphones because there was no such thing as cell phones, not the kind that a consumer would get. You know, rich people had cell phones, I guess. You know, the big, huge, modular, brain cancer-giving whoop, uh, cell phones. We didn't have those. We we had quarters in our pockets. And so we figured we'd call somebody. But first, I we had to have missed dinner because we were hungry. And so we went, we walked a couple of blocks over to this grocery store. And they had fried chicken dinners, you know, tater log fried chicken roll and a drink dinners in the back of the grocery store. And so we all got a chicken dinner and we had a market to go. So they they uh, wrote on the side of the tray or they wrapped it and wrote on the bag. That's what it was. They wrote on the bag the price of all of our chicken dinners. Well, we didn't have a whole lot of money with us at the time. We put most of the quarters into the Coke machine for beer. And that was all gone, so we we pulled our money and we realized, well, we have enough money for each of us to get a quart of beer. So what we did was we just walked into the lunch room or the break room or whatever it was, it was a place before you got to the registers where you sat down to eat, but it wasn't next to where you got the food for some weird reason. So we just sat down in the grocery store and ate our food and then... I wasn't of age when i when i went to mississippi state i was 17 years old until november 4th i had an apartment and a roommate and i was a college student and i was a pledge and a fraternity and i believe we must have had 10 parties that fall at the frat house and i threw up 10 times because i did not drink much in high school i didn't i, I got into a lot of mischief and I had a lot of fun but I didn't drink and do stupid stuff drunk i can only think of a, a handful of times where I actually got drunk before uh I went to college well I hit the throttle when I got to mississippi state so we eat our chicken dinners in the in the um grocery store without paying for them dog is 6 years older than us So he can buy beer. He buys all the quarts of beer for three or four of us, however many there were at the time. And so we put them in bags, and we walk back to the rail yard. Because Dog seems to think that there'll be another train coming through, going the other way. He didn't know for sure, but he just had this gut feeling. Or maybe he knew, and he just didn't tell us he knew. So we're sitting in the rail yard on some cross ties, drinking our quarts of beer, and we're we're, we're buzzing on now. We're not smoking pot. Um, I didn't really do that my first few years of college. Um, Didn't do drugs my first few years of college. The the older guys in the fraternities wouldn't let me because I was wild enough as it was being a full-throttle 17- and 18-year-old freshman that had uh, never lived anywhere but at home and I was fairly sheltered so we're just sitting in the rail yard getting getting our drink on uh, there's no one in the rail yard working it it's just it's empty the depot is shut down and so we're sitting there and we drink our quarts of beer and about dark it was just it was at twilight I remember we heard the horn and we looked and we realized from off the main north-south line, a train took the switch and was headed towards Starville. And we couldn't believe our luck. So the train goes past. I even think the engineer honked at us, seeing us sitting there drinking our quarts of beer. And I would imagine in movie-style fashion, we drained our quarts of beer and smashed our bottles on the ground, which would have been all crushed rock, or the or the cross ties that we were sitting on. And then when, when the engine curved out of sight and the train, you know, we weren't sure how long this one was. The train wasn't going too fast yet still. We jumped on the train in our same fashion as you jog alongside. I'm doing this in cowboy boots. You jog alongside, you put your hands on the upper steel rungs, and then you bring your feet up, and then you climb on up, And you lay down until you get out of town. And we did it. And we watched the countryside as we left town go from twilight with that, you know, beautiful azul blue sky. You know, the horizon's light white to light blue to, what would you call it, royal blue to night sky blue to dark up high and stars. I just remember, was not a cloud in the sky, not a wind in the air. It was, it was just the perfect afternoon of mischief, and we made our slow ride all the way back, and we were feeling our buzz, and we were just carefree. And we remember, oh yeah, there's a party at the fraternity house when we get back. The, all the little sisters. Are throwing a party for all the little brothers or some some such thing. It was a little sister's party, but it was like a wine and cheese party, and so people were dressed up. Well, we hop off the train when we get in Startville, and it's dark and it's about 8 o'clock or 9 or whatever time it is, and the party's going on, and we are filthy. (laughs) <laughs> we were greasy. We are grim. We weren't greasy. We were grimy. We were dirty. We had wood chips in our pockets and our and our shoes and socks and our hair and in uh, our clothes. Um, dirty from the rail yard. Dirty from the train. And so, the president or the social chairman or maybe one of the top little sisters. We were at the back door where the beer machine was. And uh, I guess we were barring quarters for somebody to get more beers to continue our party. They, They said we couldn't come into the party because we were too dirty. But they would bring us food and drink. And that's what happened. So they did that until a certain time when they opened it up to, you know, come on in. I guess, who knows why they really wouldn't let us in at first. Maybe because we skipped out on the party. And went on a train ride, but I just I just always re- will remember in the nineteen the fall of nineteen eighty seven as a teenager jumping on a train in a fall afternoon on a weekday, like a Thursday probably in will riding the train to West Point, going into a grocery store, getting a chicken dinner, eating it in there without paying for it. Pulling our money and buying quarts of beer, going back to the rail yard, drinking it, throwing rocks. Here comes a train; it's headed back to Starbuck. We don't have to call anybody for a ride. We may or may not have smashed our uh, our beer bottles. We might not have been done and taken them with us. But with a quart of beer, it's kind of hard to jump a train, depends on how fast it's going. Um, and then we go back just in time to to catch the tail end of a party with all our friends the rest of our friends you know our, our fraternity brothers all our little sisters we had a big group of them they were great gals a lot of fun like i said it was they were all fun nice people there wasn't a butthole in the bunch maybe a couple but we tolerated it or they tolerated us if we were the butthole i don't i don't remember being the butthole but who knows everybody's got a butthole <laughs> so that was that was that was the an early train ride and by far the best train ride. Another one that stands out that was a lot of fun, I think it was later in the years because Chris Perry was there and he was younger than us when he came in. His older brothers had been 5 tals. His older sisters had been five-tall little sisters. Two of them were at the time when he got there. And we had driven out to Tibby. We would go to John's Grocery and get a quart and a red hot. A red hot is like a, like a, a fat short hot dog that has been dyed red in a casing. And John's grocery, which, see, we Starbuck was a dry town. You could get warm beer. That was the fashion of dry. You could get warm beer, but you had to go to another county to get cold beer. And we'd all drive towards West Point, but not all the way to it. We'd drive out to Highway 45 before going north to West Point. And at John's grocery. You could get cold beer. They had a walk-in cooler. They had the coldest beer in the county. They they were proud of it. We went there a lot. <laughs> and so we had a court and a red hot and been hanging out at Tibby Bridge. And a uh, train came through. And so two of us rode it to Artesia going south. And then when we got there, I guess Dog... I think I followed him there, and then Dog said, I'll follow y'all. That train's curving east. It's going to go to uh, Columbus, and that's good track. And we're like, what does that mean? That's good track. And he's like, "It's that means it's fast track, so you need to get on it. You need to get on the train quick as soon as it leaves the rail yard. He knew all about it. He knew everything about all about trains and speeds and where to where to do and not to do and all that stuff. So me and Chris, who was younger than me and, and very athletic, jumped the train. I think we had a pint of booze, and it was cold, and it was at night. And we got on the train, and that thing took off towards about 20 miles towards Columbus through just nothing but countryside. But you can't see anything, and it was chilly. And so we ducked down in between the rail, the cars, and in in these enclosed grain cars, there's like a little cover area. Whenever we jump on and start raining, you you crawl down in this cover space, you know, as it angled down inwardly from the top. And he and I got down in there with our feet towards each other, facing each other, uh, passing the, uh, the pint of whiskey back and forth. And that train was moving. It was really cool. He got a little nervous. He might say he didn't i didn't i've been riding trains for two years by then maybe three we got to columbus pretty fast and uh you know when i think back i wonder how our rides knew where to meet us i guess we looked for their car waiting on us because they would beat us there to the town we were going to whether it was Artesia or Columbus, which we didn't do that ride very much, or West Point, which we did fairly often, between Artesia and West Point was pretty good, and then Startville to West Point, or Startville back to Sturgis, which was the ride we got arrested on. We did that a few times and had some good rides, and we we would, you know, get off, go to a gas station, call someone, they come pick us up, or we'd have a chaser, and they'd already be there waiting on us, and we'd just get in the car and go to a gas station, get beer, and uh, go find another train, or go home, depending on what time it was. Chris and I got to columbus pretty fast i don't remember where we got off the train um i don't remember how dog found us we found him but it was it was just snap easy and then we had the long drive back to startville and he asked us about the ride and we were like man that thing was going fast chris got nervous no i didn't yes you did i did too but it was real fun it was really cool especially going over the Tom Bigby River. That was a huge trestle that you go over as, and the train starts to slow down. We had climbed that trestle once before during the day um, looking for a train. We, never, we didn't find one. Um, another train story, another train story. The day we got arrested, a lot of us tried to jump on that train. And one dog's little brother pup was getting on the train, I missed it. I was two cars back and he stumbled and fell and hit his head and actually contracted amnesia for 30 minutes. Um Todd made the train cuz he got arrested with us. Dog made the train cuz he got arrested with us. Sean Smithson tried to get on the train and he didn't either couldn't get on the train or fell off the train. Also, how anyone didn't how no one lost a hand, arm, leg or foot. I don't know. You know we did this a lot one time when my best friend from high school he came up to mississippi state after two years of junior college and found out that his old buddy harry was hopping freight trains all over the tri-county golden triangle area he's like i want to hop with you and he wore boots too and i remember i jumped on the train just north of the tibby creek bridge we'd walk through the woods and up to it we parked down at the fish launch the boat launch and I jumped, I climbed up and got on, and I remember looking down and he grabbed it and went to swing his feet onto that lower rung and his one of his boots went through the rungs and his boot heel hit the wheel, that steel wheel, and and it made it go around, like up. The, his boot went up and back down for a minute and he pulled it back and was all wide-eyed looking at me and he scrambled up. I thought it might have been the last train ride he rode. I think that... uh. the fear of god in and when it came to uh giant steel wheels that would break anything in half if they ran over them um gosh we had so many rides up and down that line artesia was a we rode one no i got my truck stuck on the original road that ran along the rail from Artesia north it was an old road from the 20s or teens and uh it had all these sinkholes in it and the old bridges that we wouldn't drive over once you got to up high enough but we would ride down these roads anyway and I remember we were, they were grown over with tall grass and I was going along saying watch there be a big hole and boom my front end went down and bottomed out on the axle and someone said, You knew that was there. Todd was with us. I remember Todd Leonard was with us. Dog was with us. Maybe T. L. Phelps. He rode a lot of train with us too. He's a dentist down on the coast now. Um I hope you guys are listening and enjoying the show. I need to I need to let some of y'all know about it. But uh We got we walked the two miles back to Artesia and <laughs> I guess we were gonna try to catch a train somewhere. But what we ended up doing because it was getting near about three four a m we went to this the switch yard office, which is like kind of like the switchyard controls, is kind of like the uh tower at an airport, whatever their name for that is, I can't think of it right now because I'm talking about trains. but the switchhouse tower which is not near as tall as one at an airport. The man let us in when we told him, hey, we, it's, it was cold. And I said, hey, we got my truck stuck two miles north here. We just walked into town. And we need to use your phone and get a ride. But, of course, it's 4 a.m. And it took us a while to get someone to come get us. And they said they couldn't do it right away. But they'd be, you know, there at 7 or 8 a.m. or whatever. And we were just dead tired. And the man let us sleep on the floor. I think two of us slept on the floor. One of us in a big chair in the switch room with all the red lights, He had the lights off and all the lights across all the uh, controls to the switch yard. Cause the rail yard had like six rail lines that came together where you could park or roll through or, or move or, you know, bump and drop cars. And we slept on the floor and that guy was really nice. Um, I wonder if he lived there, because uh, in those days of train riding, or as Alan Pepper would have said, stealing a ride on a train, we also relieved signs of their posts, or relieved posts of their signs all around the Golden Triangle area. We collected signs. We got in big trouble for it on a drive up to Lake Pickwick and back. Um, I won't get into all that. We got arrested in Amory. (laughs) But our driver was sober, and so they the sheriff was named Sheriff Taylor in Itawamba County, the county north, and he told the sheriff of Amory, who said, what do you want us to do with them? None of these signs are ours. He says, tell those boys to buy some nuts and bolts and put all those signs back up, and we're going to go check. And get all their uh, information and we'll see what happens from here. And uh, we went, they kept the whole cooler of beer. They kept all the signs except the federal sign we had hidden, which would have gotten us in big trouble. It was a, it was a fish with a line and a hook coming to it, which meant you could come to this, this, this national park and fish. I wonder where that sign is. But we put all the other signs back up. Up in Itawama County, where most of them came from, and Sheriff Taylor said, You go, boys are good. We checked it. Thank you. Don't do it again. <laughs> they didn't find our Tennessee flag either. We crossed the border and stole a flag from the welcome center we were We were mischievous kids, man. We never hurt anybody, but boy we would uh we would steal some stuff, nothing worth any money. It was just trophies, but stealing ride right on the train was something else. Uh gosh, there's got to be more stories worthwhile on on the train rides. But I didn't write anything down for this. I was going to do a episode on the Stillwell brothers, and they were two men born, I believe in Ohio in the ni- 1850s. And they both came to prominence and fame as American western characters. For complete different reasons, one of them was a uh u s cavalry scout and was a badass and survived things that most people don't survive, including Indian sieges and- atta- attacks and and fights where you just rode into the teeth of fighting and lived or died and this This guy, uh Comanche Jack Stillwell, did that and he was a badass and his brother was Frank Stillwell do you know who frank stillwell is frank stillwell was part of the cowboy ring in tombstone arizona this was uh comanche jacks younger brother it was his brother nonetheless they were close in age and uh stillwell supposedly was was in on the murder of Morgan Earp and the maiming of Virgil Earp. And two days later, Wyatt Earp shot him dead in Tucson in the rail yard. And when... uh, Comanche Jack Stilwell, I cannot think of his first name. It starts with a J maybe, but it's not important. When, when, When the... I believe he was one of the few civilians that was, no, that was a sniper. That was Billy Dixon. That was the sniper of Adobe Walls. Anyway, uh, when, when Comanche Jack heard that his brother Frank had been killed by Wyatt Earp down in Tucson, Arizona, he went down there to kill Wyatt Earp. And when he got down there, Wyatt Earp was somewhere else he might have been with doc holiday up in colorado where doc died of uh, tuberculosis he might have been out riding for the law um... at that time he might have been wanted by the law within uh, cochise county or southern arizona for the killing of several cowboys like uh... brocious and ringo and uh... you know all all the guys that rode with uh... This has nothing to do with trains. We're we're wanted there for a while, uh, even though uh, Wyatt Earp and his uh, compadres killed a lot of them and broke the back of the cowboys, and they spread out. But Comanche Jack Stilwell, the U.S. Cavalry Scout hero and big-time badass, came down looking to kill Wyatt Earp But did not find him and it is said I guess that he found out what Frank his brother had been doing and what he was accused of and most likely had done and decided that Frank even though he was his brother got what he deserved in so many words to paraphrase and he went about his life And lived to be an old man. And Wilder went about his life and lived to be an old man. And and they traveled by rail. And I'll tie that back into the railroad stories. So we're almost about to hit 40 minutes. This is 37 minutes, 30 seconds. Stay positive and let the love come back to you and me. Um, That's what I'm hoping for. It's been a tough year and not a lot of you don't know why and you may not know why for a while my parents are alive it's not that my kids are in great shape so my health is fine um love your friends love your neighbors do good deeds give to charities make new friends and be genuine and above all Spread the peace. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love, love will come back to me. Some jealous Paul snuck up around the bed. Try to take a loving over me mm.